well, well, good day out there and welcome to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast where we basically just sit here and shoot the breeze and talk about everything outdoors, getting out in the four-wheel drive, going camping, we talk about fantastic places to go to, anything to do with fishing, boating, caravanning, camping, whatever it is, as long as it's got nothing to do with work. We don't like work, do we, Rico? Absolutely not, mate. I've got a figure to maintain. How's your work? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, pretty good actually. Pretty good. Yeah, um, all happening. A few days to go until uh, uh, people want to go on the uh, the great tag along tour. Yeah, that's right. The very first one that we're doing that kicks off uh, at the end of this month and bookings close in five days from the day we're filming this. I don't know when it'll go to air. Probably tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got five we're days. We're filming left. this. We're actually just recording. We're it. Recording. Sorry. We are going to film habit. some. We will film some. Now, for just on that. For people who listen to us, this weekend we're doing a special podcast down at ARB Windsor, so we'll get down there. If you're around, come down and say good day. We'll be there. Big showroom down there. She's a beauty. Yeah, absolute corker. Looking yeah, forward to that. Should, so be, should be a whole heap of fun. Yeah, we'll go down there and say good day to all the boys and uh, and girls at ARB at Windsor. So if you're around, you've got a big open day on Saturday. Come down and say good day. We'll be there and we'll do the podcast there. We'll just record that and upload that straight away. And uh, so if you missed it, you can hear what went on there, but it'll be a big day there. Good luck to them. It's good to see big businesses like that in this area because the Hawkesbury's a bit of a close-knit where we live out here. And Yeah, that's right. Duncan's been uh, working at that for oh, God knows how long. Been around a long time. Decades. Macquarie 4x4 and now ARB Windsor. So there you go. And it's a massive showroom. I drove past it the other day and uh, it should go well out here in this area. Like we mentioned, we spoke about it last week, but there's plenty of that going on out here. Uh, no, it should be good, mate. So we'll be there. So if you're around next week, or sorry, this week rather, this week, yeah. so it depends when you hear this podcast. So Saturday, the is it the 14th? 14th, we'll be there. So 14th of March, come down and say good day. So um, that'll be big. I've got a big weekend lined up with that thrown in the middle. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm, yeah. happening. So, when, so you've got the how many days now from today? And we're recording this today, whatever the date is. Today, you... Today's Wednesday the 11th. We're right. recording this. So, uh, if, so um, five days from today. Bookings close on the 16th of March to get onto this very first tour that we're doing. And we're, we're kicking it off with an absolute bang. It's going to be a cracker. Uh, and the final day will end up at the farm of Mr James Blundell, the Australian country music superstar, where he will come join us around the fire for the evening and uh, provide some entertainment and a few laughs and... So just they, for us. If you want to go, how do they do this? Go to the website. Go to rico.com.au and just follow the links to the tag along page. You'll find all the information you need there. Yep. And uh, very, very quick and easy to book, book online and secure your spot. There you go. Now, don't forget, you can email us here on the podcast. If you've got any ideas or you want to suggest anything that we do here, just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au and click on contact. That's the best way to do that, and uh, we certainly will respond to those emails. Easter's coming up. It's not too far away. You might be off on a big uh, trip somewhere. School holidays are on. Yeah, that's Soon. Right. Caravan parks will be full. Yeah. Double, they will be. double points will be in effect. Uh, double points, you know, they'll double <laughs> points. I've got to tell you that we're, we're, I think we're only two weeks out now, a week and a half, before our trip to Ulladulla. So a couple of spots have come up there, so if you want to – Come away with us for a weekend down on the south coast of New South Wales. You just email us and uh, we'll sort out a spot. And the same again, just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au for that. Sit in contact and talk send about, us your details. Uh, talk about your exclusive awesome entertainment. Yeah, Adam down Harvey. Down the great Adam. Adam yeah, I was talking to him yesterday, Adam. Yeah, Adam Harvey will be there on Saturday night. We'll do a live version 
of the camping and off-road radio show, a special edition of that down there as well. It's going to be a big weekend. There's a lot of people going. Yeah, we just about oh, booked that place out. I'm bummed that I can't be at that one. That will be an absolute corker. Yeah, there'll be a few people down there. And I know there's a few other trips in and around that that other people have put on. So uh, good luck to them as well. So um, it's good to see that the four-wheel driving community as a whole have got behind all of that. Yeah, it is uh, it is such a, a tight-knit community, the four-wheel drive community. All around Australia, it doesn't matter where you are, we all seem to... Uh, you know, eat, sleep and breathe the same sort of stuff. So mm, No, exactly, mate. We're also into the kicking off into the show season now. There's a few shows around. Oh, you got plenty there was one, on this year. Well, I've got a few on, but there was one. Was there one last week in Brisbane? No, this weekend coming. This weekend right? coming, is it? Up there in Brisbane, there's one there. We've also got um, the big Sydney holiday show that's on soon. Yep. In April, that's huge. Yeah, there goes, right. Oh, hang on, that's the HR manager going off. <laughs> Actually, I think he's on security. By the sound of that bark... I think he is on um, security detail. They're both going off. So, um, anyway, we'll uh, see if we can't uh, quieten him down. The old magpie's built on the window there again. and quieten him down. <laughs> anyway, uh, one second, we'll just go and. Uh, oh, no, I think there he goes. He's gone. He's done. Uh, he's gone quiet. He's gone quiet. So, that just goes to show how real the podcast is. Out here at Blue Collarville, we do have Bluey, the security guard, out there now. Probably someone drop, dropping off a bill. <laughs> he knows. Oh, it'd be someone dropping off parts for for you and your Navarras, mate. Yeah, mate, there's that's a, it. There's mate. a gaggle of them here. There's three of them here, one for sale too. If you want to buy a good one, send me an email. <laughs> uh, we do have one for sale, but there's a couple of them here. Yeah, the young bloke's driving mine today. Is he? Yeah. So yeah, I was he, wondering he, where that was. Yeah, he. Uh, well, I had to take his down. We just put a set of wheel bearings in the back of it and yep. the rear, and, um, and and also a jeep in the driveway, mate. It's, it's definitely a four wheel drive house. Two jeeps it? here, mate. Two jeeps. Two jeeps. Three Navarras. Three Navarras. Yeah, so anyway, there's definitely there's plenty of four-wheel drives to choose from here. And uh, so um, the Jeeps are good too. I mean, the the um, the one that uh, – well, the one that my daughter drives, it's old school. Yeah, the TJ, yeah. TJ Wrangler. Yeah, that's a beauty. Yeah, and, I'm a uh, fan. The one um, that the missus drives is a late model Grand Cherokee, but geez, they're a good car. Yeah, Good on beautiful. fuel, mate. Yep. Unbelievable. I think it's running about sevens. Wow. Unbelievable. I bet you the TJ's not running sevens. No. No, but <laughs> the that shouldn't go far. Petrol. Yeah. I've got to say, though, it's a pretty, it's a fairly, um, it's a very capable four-wheel drive, that Jeep. Oh, they all are. Absolutely. Um, no question about that. That's, that's it, what they're famous for. It, it, it is. Um, it is certainly a, um, yeah, certainly does uh, have plenty of, um, plenty of ability when it comes to four-wheel driving. We took it down to Vic Woodman's training centre and, Put it through its paces once, and uh, mate, it handles it really well, really yeah. well. Well, I was fortunate enough back in the day when I was working on the four-wheel drive magazines that I had the opportunity to drive quite a few new jeeps, and they never ever failed to impress. No, and that's the thing, and they certainly have, certainly are getting better and better, and uh, they are. Well, like I say, we've got that Grand Cherokee here, and it's a beauty, mate. Yeah, talk about a bit of style and comfort and all that to go with it. When you think and the about the, loves it. the four-wheel drives that are available today, it's hard to think of a bad one, isn't it? Um, there are some I wouldn't buy. Yeah, oh, look, there's definitely some that I wouldn't buy, but I, I don't think it's because of their lack of ability. Uh, oh, I mean, I just think the thing I don't like about a lot of the modern cars now are the the um, well, one there's too much technology in them. I reckon a lot of. Yeah. That's uh, for me. Yeah, you're old school. Yeah, I know that. But the, the more things you have, the more things can go wrong. You know, and I mean, you're doing water crossings in some of these cars these days. And um, and I mean, and I, I think they're a lot harder. Some of them 
for people like Coldy and say people at ARB to fit aftermarket stuff on the you know parts. Oh, no question about that. I mean, that is that, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, ask, I, I ask know any there fitter. are some there are some vehicles that Coldy will not do. Some cold some some vehicle one I'm not going to go naming brands here, but there was some brand one brand in particular. There's a straight up fee before they even do anything because they know it's going to be a headache. Yeah. Well, ask any fitter about fitting a, a trailer wiring harness to something like a 200 series. You've got mm. to pull half the car apart. Mm. It's well, just as crazy. Well, um, there was one one um, one vehicle I was at Coldy's the other day. It's impossible to put a tow bar. I can't remember what car it was, what, what sort of car it was, but you cannot put a tow bar on it. Oh, wow. They, they just don't, they're not designed to have tow bars. Yep. So it's just, you know, when they make cars, they don't think of these things. But, yeah, I guess these days it's just hard to get a bad... Four-wheel drive. I think the one thing about them is that the I think four-wheel drives these days are made more for the for the soccer mums, and that's not being a, you know no disrespect to mums who take their kids to soccer. That's just a term. Then, in other words, like passenger vehicles. Oh, look, I think there's no question that they are designed with dual capabilities in mind. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I mean, when you buy a four-wheel drive, a brand new one these days, I mean, they don't even come out with all-terrain tyres. No, that's right. Well, look, we expect a lot from our four-wheel drives, don't we? You know, mm. we, we want them to perform mm. well on the road and be comfortable and not break our backs and, and give us a headache. But, well, well uh, I guess the majority of your driving, for most people, is on road. Of course it is. I mean, I know with the young bloke, with the one he has here, and he's he's done a bit to that, and it's got front and rear lockers, and it's, you know, suspension done. And, and I said to him, just be mindful that the majority of the driving you're going to be doing to this is to work. I'm sorry, well, let's think and, about and it. Home. The majority of people are lucky to do, you know, two big trips a year, like maybe mm. three if they're really mm. lucky. You're the weekend warriors, though. There's a few of them out there. You know, even if you're doing six big trips a year, that's still a lot of time spent on the mm. road. Yeah, well, mate, I'm, that's where I'm sort of fortunate because my mine sits here a lot. Yep. We only, only use it these days when, we, you know, when we're taking it somewhere for what we do, but... Um, so, but that's you know that's just one of those things. But there was a time where I drove it every day into town. Yeah, well, look, I'm in the same boat. The majority of my time in the four-wheel drive these days is for work stuff, mm. um, and a lot of time it just sits there. You know, I might might take the kids to school or pick them up from school or yep. or run down to the shops, but that's about it. Yeah, there seems to be. But I think these days they are certainly they are better than they were. But it's just things I don't know. I like you see you said it. I'm a bit old school. I mean, it took me a long time to get used to the fact that to put a vehicle in four-wheel drive, you just turn the knob on the dash. Yeah. On the console. I mean, like... You don't have to get out and lock the hubs. Oh, in the old days, you know, you're crunching the gear in, and I'm, I don't know. I mean, you know, and for me, I know of a, of, of a few... Of a, mate, obviously, we've got a lot of people that we know in four-wheel drives, and and some of the dramas you can have in water and things like that, and... Anyway, but it's just it's just there's a lot of electronics in these vehicles. Having said these that, days. over the last uh, three or four years, I've been fortunate enough to have new four wheel drives. Mm. Um, you know, I bought the FJ Cruiser with with just a few thousand k's on it. Yep. as a, an X demo. Um, never had an issue there with with anything in terms yep. of reliability. Oh well, mate, they're pretty strong. Yeah, the the Ranger, same deal. Yeah, you know, we took that everywhere, went up the Cape, and you know everything yep. you can think of. Mm. No real issues. So. You know, I think I'm converted. Um, I'd still love to have an old school truck sitting in the driveway for the occasional. They're not drive. trucks; they're cars. But anyway, <laughs> that's all right. You're talking to a bloke. I'm not big on that. Uh, fair dinkum. Eh? Well, really, does it does it really matter? Well, it's like me calling that jet ski out there a, a, a boat. boat. 
Yeah, I'd call it a boat. Yeah, no, no. Floats, it goes on a water. Yeah, it's not not exactly a, you know, Bertram, but... No. Oh, mate, for me, I mean, mate, I don't know. I mean, for is me... It, is a kayak a boat? Oh, no, it's a kayak. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, four-wheel drives aren't trucks. I mean, it's, it's quite... I mean, tell someone like you drives a Kenworth. Yeah, all the... I mean, I, I mean, that's a truck. You don't drive a Kenworth, mate. Yeah, yeah, but I have. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a bit of a wank, I reckon. They're not trucks, they're cars, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, they are. I mean, you don't fall into that trap, do you? Oh, yeah, I've, I've always called them trucks. You ever driven a truck? Yeah. Well, man drove B-doubles for a living. Yeah, well, mate, what would he think about you calling a car a truck? Probably wouldn't care. Four-wheel drives, anyway. It's just, for me, they're not, I don't think they're trucks, they're cars. Well, look, let's have a look at... Um, you can drive it on a 1A licence, mate. <laughs> let's have a look at the, the 2020, uh, you know, top five four-wheel drives of the year. Mm. I, think, I think it's a very interesting list compared to last year. Now, last year, the Ford Raptor Ranger took it out. A little two-litre twin-turbo mm. That's Ranger one thing I don't suspension. like about the late one is the small engines. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the small engines. Yeah. You've got to think they're under a whole lot of stress, aren't they, to produce those torque numbers that they, they do. do it. They, they do, do it. it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, you, I mean, have you seen some of the stuff the Gore boys have done in a Hilux? Yep. Pulling those Kedron vans? Absolutely. You know, like they do do it. But for me, it's, I don't know, for me, the engines, that's why I stuck with the Navaras because of the V6. Yep. That was the whole reason. I was going to buy a, a um, 79 series. I'll tell you what I reckon my next vehicle would be. A Ram. A Ram. But not the top of the range Laramie. Yeah, yeah. The, the one down from that, the yeah. Express. Oh, look, they, those big trucks, four-wheel drives, utes, mm. whatever you want to call them, they are something special. Well, they're drive. more of a truck than a than a standard yeah, Toyota I'll, or a Nissan or a dual cab ute. Yeah, well, late last year I was fortunate enough to have a Silverado for a bunch of weeks. Yeah, and, they're a uh, good thing. That was just insane. Yeah, that Next was, level. I remember that. That was a good car, eh? That was a yeah. beauty. There's a ripper. Yeah. Plenty of rim. They got, the only trouble with them is they're plenty of money. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, but yeah. um, that's the well, thing. Let's go back to this four drive of the year thing. I find it really interesting. So last year we had the Raptor Ranger, little two litre at the top of the list, followed very closely by the Ford Ranger XLT, which is uh, the same as what I had. Yeah. Who yeah. votes on the, Who makes this call? This is 4x4 Australia magazine, yeah. and they have a variety of independent people come in and, yep. and be a part of the, the judging and voting and all the rest of it. So, um, After that was the Volkswagen Amarok V6, which is what Pat Callanan drives. Mm. Uh, the Ford Everest trend. So the Ford Everest is basically the wagon version of the Ford Ranger, but with well, coils in so the, the rear. So the Amarok, I think, I think the Amaroks are... But what Pat Callanan did to that Amarok of his is unbelievable. Oh, isn't that a special vehicle? Yeah, and I mean that's and I mean again you got the V six. Yeah, and if you get the opportunity, jump online and have a look at the um, the episode that he did on on building the vehicle. He did a little sort of a mini mm. documentary on how they did it, mm. and I'm so glad they did because um, it showed just how much work goes into doing a vehicle correctly, especially mm. a modern vehicle. Mm. There's a lot in it. And cop this for the number five position last year was the Mahindra. The Mahindra S10 pickup. Well, you know who's a fan of Mahindra? Ruthie. I was going to say nobody. No, Ruthie. We <laughs> really? went to the Mahindra. We went to the Mahindra, I guess, warehouse in Brisbane a couple of years ago, Ruthie and I, because they're big into the tractors. Yeah. And Ruthie spent a bit of time in India. So he knew he knew the product and he yeah. knew, and he's a fan of them. Apparently, they're a pretty capable vehicle. Well, look, the thing that strikes well, me about Personally, I list. wouldn't buy one. Personally, I wouldn't buy a Mahindra because I just, I just, I just don't know. It's a bit of the unknown, really. But I know they make pretty good tractors and all that machinery. But I know that Ruthie was a fan. He didn't mind them. Oh, there you go. Mm. 
oh look, I'm I'm sure they sell plenty of them. Being mm. being an Indian company, a lot of people in India, and probably throughout the rest of Asia as well. But uh, the thing that strikes me about that list is not a Toyota to be seen. Mm, that's a bit. And if you keep going uh, down the list, you have got the HSB Colorado Sports Cat, uh, the Mercedes XT50, the Sanyon Rexton, still no Toyota, no Hilux, no 79 series. Which is where you really got to think, you know, how credible is the. What well, makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's have a look at 2020. So uh, the top five for 2020, what do you reckon came in first? No idea. The Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Right. Um, which doesn't surprise me. Like if, you were, if you were judging this purely on off-road ability and, and just how capable they are off the showroom floor, I think it's hard to go past the Rubicon. It comes with everything you I mean, need. Jeeps, I mean, Jeeps, are, we, we, we just mentioned that. Jeeps are very... Capable for all drive. Well, it's the only, well, it's not the only thing, but it's one of a very few left out there with a solid axle in the front end. Mm. Um, you know, your, your traditional 70 series Land Cruisers have still got it, your Jimny's still got it. Not much else. I struggle to think of too much else that's got a solid axle in the front that uh, that isn't a massive big ute. So, yeah, it comes with lockers front and rear, it comes with 32 inch mud terrain tyres as standard. You know, there's barely anything left to do to it. It was followed very closely this year by the Suzuki Jimny. Another solid axle front end vehicle. So that's uh, that's interesting. Where's Toyota there? Not on the list. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, the, I'm not into this Nissan Toyota thing. Or no, me that. either. I'm, I've never have been. I mean, but geez, I, 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 I think something that comes into play here is value for money as well. Yeah, right. And that's where Toyota gets hurt because they've traditionally charged a premium because it's a premium product. They, they're reliable as all get out. They're mm. as capable as all get out. But, you know, when you can buy a similarly specced Navara, mm. you know, for 20 or 30 grand less sometimes, or maybe not that much, but yeah, well, I know you, that, you get where I'm coming from. I know, with the, well, if they're, looking, if they're talking about, you know, and I know what you're talking about, four-wheel drives today are going down this luxury, you know, passenger vehicle type four-wheel drive. Well, the 79 series isn't going to fall into that category. No. Very old school, but you still got to pay a luxury car tax on it. Yeah, yeah, which is well, that's well, that's what nothing to do with Toyota. That's no, of course, the not. government. I mean, that's a joke. It is a joke. You know, yeah, that's a whole other discussion for another and time. And they won't even—they're not even interested in addressing it. The government. Yep. I, I heard somebody on the other day. I think it was a treasurer or somebody making comment about it, and it's just not up for debate. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, the old three cents a litre on fuel they put on New South Wales. Yeah, and who buys those? Who buys ago. those seventy nine series farmers? They've got to pay a luxury car tax. Mm. A lot of farmers buy them. A lot it's of people in just by definition, really, that's well, ridiculous. They are a very, very, very capable vehicle. I can't believe it. Mahindra can make the list, but a seventy nine series can't. Yep. Well, let's look at this year's list. So we got the the Rubicon at the top, the Jimny, the Land Rover Discovery, in number three. So I would. Look, I, I've got to be honest, I haven't had much to do with Land Rover Discoveries in a very long time. And a mate who's got one loves it. I, I wouldn't have, I'd have said that a bit a bit soft these days, but mm. um, but I've also got a mate who works on the Land, Land Rover Discovery Experience yeah, team right. and says they're very capable. So. Yeah, I've got a mate who has one and he loves it, he loves his. All right, followed up, uh, position number four, the Nissan Navara Entrek Warrior. Right. That's uh, so the Navara with a few uh, special factory goodies. So this is the, la- the latest Navara. Yeah, so some flash suspension and a few other bits and pieces. Again with the two-litre engine. Yep, and oh, 2.3 in that one. Yeah. The 2.3. And number five, the Senyong Muso. There you go. I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Uh, they're not an attractive vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, let us know what sort of four-wheel drive you've got. And do you call your four-wheel drive a truck? Yeah. Let us know. I mean, I'm just a bit old school in that area. Look, I get berated about that online all the time, but I don't care. Yeah, you know, I just don't know. I just never really... I mean, I just, I just, it's just one thing I've, I just feel uncomfortable calling it. Yeah. Oh, look, when I started, we were in 40 series, and, and they were very truck-like, you know. They're old, they're rattly, they're yeah, made about, of steel. And about 12 tonne lighter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I about just, as quick. Anyway, but um, I'll tell you what I did see the other day was... Um, where was I? Oh, I was at Bondi. I went to Bondi for a for a party. I don't go down that way very, very often. In fact, I even had to put in the GPS of the... That's that long since I went down there. I thought, I better just make sure I know where I'm going here. I've had some sort of idea. And parked next to the beach at Bondi was an old 40 series and it had coronavirus escape vehicle. It was for sale. <laughs> but, geez, it was in good nick. It was, it was an old troopy. I'd love to have an old Land Cruiser, another anyway. 40 Series, or, or a Series 3 Defender or something like that, the old the old school Land Rovers. Yeah, well, mate, they had this, this bloke had it down there for sale, and that's what he had on it, the coronavirus yep. escape. Well, just on the coronavirus, how are you off a toilet paper, mate? You? Oh, mate, I'm flush. Right, mate, I, I, I <laughs> See I what get, I did there? <laughs> yeah, but I, I still can't get over that, eh? I oh, really can't. Oh, it's a joke. Um, some people are just so stupid of running out and... Have you seen videos of... Yeah, chicks having punch-ups in the... Well, what's that? Uh, I mean, you, oh, look, it's entertaining and everything, but gee whiz. That's an embarrassment to the... It's an embarrassment to the intelligence of the country, to be honest. And yeah. all the, I feel... You know who I feel for? I mean, I haven't... Well, luckily, I found some at the the post office of all places. We live in a rural part. Our post office acts as a bit of a general store as well. So I grabbed some there, but I haven't seen it in the shops for a couple of weeks. I yeah. feel for the elderly people, mate. Yeah, that's right. You know, and people who aren't well, you can't get down there and push people out of the way and jump tables and shelves to to grab it. It's just... Yeah. I saw a great video the selfish, other day on... Very, very selfish people out there, mate. It's amazing. It's amazing how we can have bushfires and floods and everyone's dipping into their pockets to donate money to help. And then on the other hand, a month later, be so selfish where they're just yeah. punching, on, punching on to get their hands on toilet paper. That's it's just amazing. Ticket. I saw a great video on social media where a couple of kids had spent their own pocket money to go and buy some toilet rolls. Mm. They put it in a little pull-along cart and they went to the local little, uh, I guess, sort of pensioner block of flats and went around knocking on doors donating to the pensioners that, you know, weren't charging them anything just because they wanted to make sure that their their neighbours were looked after. That's the thing. I mean, you've got to feel for... Not everybody can get to the shop at the right time. Yeah. When the... I mean, there's... (laughs) It's a wonder they're not hijacking the trucks that are delivering it. <laughs> it's just amazing. I just uh, maybe that's next. Maybe uh, you've planted the seed for a few uh, people. Well, I just cannot believe it, and I cannot believe it's 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 become. It's, I've got a theory. I've got a. It's theory. a bit laughable. I, I think that this is going down the path of the old baby formula thing, where particular ethnic groups are buying it up and sending it overseas. Yeah, but mate, if you look at the videos of that are doing the rounds on social media, mate. Yeah, I understand that, but. You know that panic is caused by, panic, well, buying. Well, from what's other happened? People. Well, what's happened now is it means every time I go to the shop now, I used to, you go to the shops to get some, you know, groceries or whatever you do, you just grab toilet paper if you thought you needed it or, or whatever. Well, now it's the first thing you think of when you walk in there. So it's caused normal people to have to try and get their hands on it That's as well. Right. Yeah, it's a chain reaction. It's just unbelievable. I mean, uh, and there's no need for it, but it's got to calm down. I mean, it'd only be. I mean, there'd be people hiring warehouses to store their own toilet paper soon. Normal people. Right? Well, <laughs> I look, love it. 
Well, normal people, not people that. Yeah. I mean, well, I would, I would consider anyone who has gone down there and was filled up one trolleys packet. and trolleys of and, and of toilet paper, and there are systems where they've got now when they've put restrictions on yep. how much you can buy. They've got other family members outside, so they've got runners who run in and get it. Through. I mean, that's well, not normal. Well, that's what these people were doing with the baby formula. You know, yeah. they'd have their little rort where they go in and buy their two and then next yeah, bloke well, would go in and buy two and go in the same trolley as the first person and, and so on and so on. I, I believe that's what's happening with toilet paper. Yeah, well, I just think it's very, very... It's so... It's so well, mate, let the people, the manufacturers export it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that would be the go. Yeah, well, at least... I mean, I mean, these people would be probably selling it at a profit as well. Oh, of course. Right? I mean, you're kidding, aren't you? No one does these things for free. So you'd have to think that anyway. That's another subject. But I mean, it if is. you go out it in the is. bush, well, mate, not really. When you go out camping, you still need toilet paper. <laughs> you know, the other thing that people are, are grabbing, which is, which will affect not affect, but is um, affect campers and things. Things like UHT milk. Yep. I mean, you know yourself, when you're going away on a bit of a trip, you're going to be isolated for a while, you yep. cart a bit of that stuff you with you. You take the long-life milk with you, yeah. yeah. and I mean, now people are snapping that up. Yep. <laughs> and baby wipes. Yeah, I no, mean... There's no better way to have a shower in the bush than with, with a, a handful of baby wipes. Yeah, Blake, my old mate from Outback Signs gave me a packet of these things called shower in a bag, and they were like massive... Wipes, yeah. Massive baby wipes, like huge. And I was about how good are they? I, he was, I think he was going to get involved in... I don't know, something to do with them, but anyway. I, I was at a neighbour's uh, workplace the other day. He works an electrical wholesaler and they've got these great big rolls of wipes there as well. Same deal. Mm. I'm going to snag a few off of him. Yeah, anyway. So if you are out there, let us know what your favourite four-wheel drive is. Yeah, well, if you're buying something today, what what would be in the That's top of your list? That's a very big question. What would be at the top of your list? What, Mate, would, what I would, would be probably the three go, you're considering? If I was to buy today a four-wheel drive, a new one today, um, and considering what we do with it mainly, I would either it's a bit. I oh know it sounds a bit weird, but the two different complete vehicles. But I'd probably look at a Ram. Yep. Or seventy nine series. Yep. But this could be bought the off road van, and and they, I think they're fairly capable. The, the Rams off road. Look, the three that would be uh, on well, I wouldn't my go list. the Laramie. The Laramie are a very, very good vehicle. Oh, lovely. Well, they call a Ram truck where well, you can tow up the four and a half ton with them. Yeah, oh, look. So, I it's mean. It's a great place to spend some time. Um, no question about but, it. Um, yeah, I reckon. I, I, and there's all this argument about petrol or diesel, and but um, the Rams are very economical. My, my mechanic's got one. And um, I was just down there, actually. Jeff Johnston. Get on you, Jeffrey. And anyone was a good mechanic, you're in Windsor, go and see him. Valley Automatics, he's called. Good yep. bloke. Anyway, I've known him for years. He used to live two doors up the road, and he's got one. And, um, mate, he loves it. He bought a Ram, one of them Ram trucks. Loves it. Yeah, so go back to your three, the Ram. I've only got two. What's the other one? Probably either a 79 series. Yep. Or, or, a, or um, the Ram. Ram. For me, my I'd, I'd be torn between... Um, I'd think about a Y62. Really? Well, everyone I know that's got, he's got one of them too. He's charging people too much money, Jeffrey. <laughs> but he, he, he um, mate, everyone I know that has a, has a Y62. Great sounding engine. They love them. Well, so, so is the Ram. Yeah. Look, at the top of my list would be the new Jeep Gladiator. Yeah. Uh, that's due out, I think, in May. So the big dual cab ute. Yeah. Uh, that that really flats my boat, especially the Rubicon one. It's got You can disconnect the front sway bars with a button. You've got the lockers front and rear. 
you've got the, the really low range four-wheel drive uh, ratio box there in the transfer case. So, yeah, I, I like the look of that. Um, the next one's actually very different, the Troopy. I think it, for what I do, a Troopy would be very handy. A new Troopy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the V8 diesel one. Yep. Um, number three. You know what? I, I really like the look of, and this is going to be a little bit controversial, I like the look of the new Defender. Yeah, right. Which isn't out yet, but apparently that's a pretty high-tech piece of kit as well. Yeah, right. Okay. So it wouldn't be up your alley. Oh, well, I might just worry about electrics. Yeah. Well, look, look computers, electrics, things like that that can go wrong. I mean, you think about it. There's three very pricey vehicles that I've mentioned there. Well, say, mate, well, well, mate, I can tell you now. I mean, well, everything we've mentioned is pricey. Yeah. You know, but I mean, what do you do? Do you buy an old one that's going to be pricey at the end anyway by the time you fix everything and maintain it? I mean, it's it's, it's a bit of a catch. It's a bit of a catch-22, isn't it, really? Yep. No matter what you get, the minute you go four-wheel driving or go touring with it, going to cost you money but yeah I, yeah it's i think for me i just think for where for what we do you know and you can still pull you know good dirt roads and if you don't hardcore four-wheel driving and tracks i don't know whether i want to pull a ram through all that but no they don't have the ground clearance that a lot but, of more um, traditional four-wheel drives do but um but we don't do a hell of a lot of that anyway the young bloke does yeah uh, but yeah, we don't you do and it. I, it's a lot of more for what know, we do stuff dirt road stuff we can get on fraser get on morton yep you know, do some sort of tracks and things, but not that real hard, you know, hardcore stuff like rock climbing and all that yeah. stuff. Well, look, I still don't mind, you know, the odd track like that. Nothing crazy. Honestly, like, what we do, like with the off-road van and yeah, it's, it's you know, because at the end of the day, I mean, we can do some pretty good stuff, especially with that van, but you've still got to watch for branches and oh, of course. things and, you know, rip you warnings know. off and all that. So but you're sort of restricted in some sense, but... I reckon a Ram, not the not the Laramie, but the. Yep. Express. I'll tell you what I did see the other day was a Ram twenty five hundred, lifted with a tough bull bar on it, parked down at McGrath's Hill. That's a whole lot of steel. <laughs> made it look good, black. Yep. Black it was a black black um a black Ram. Oh, I think I might have seen this around. Black bull bar, black wheels. It looked tough. Yep. Had clearance lights along the roof. Oh, this thing looked mate it looked like something out of Mad Max. Did it look good? <laughs> And, um, and he was parked there opposite outside BCF at McGrath's Hill. Yep. And he jumps in, fires it up, and, mate, it sounded like an old GT Falcon. <laughs> it, was, it was a good thing. And the beauty of the the thing is, I was going to say to you, with the Rams, is the technology with the way they cut the, the cylinders off when they drive the, the V8 Hemi. Yeah. So the fuel economy is actually not too bad. My mate, is Jeffrey, he's got the Ram. He, he's getting better fuel economy than I am. Well, there you go. And he's got the he's got the big Hemi engine, oh. but when you put your foot into it, I'm tipping if you're towing four and a half ton. Oh, you know all about it. You'd be sucking the juice yeah. like no man's business. But at the end of the day, um, you get a lot of money for you. You get a lot of vehicle for your money. Yeah, well, for me that that new Ute coming from Jeep that ticks a lot of boxes. Like the the bar that comes on it up front is steel and it takes a winch, so you don't have to replace that if you don't want to. Mm. It comes with Fox suspension standard. It comes with mud terrain tyres, standard. Would you call that a truck or just a Jeep? I call them all trucks. Okay, fair enough. And, uh, you know, heaps of room inside. It, it doesn't have the payload that... Do you think the term you know, trucks for Utes came from America? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it probably did. And Jeeps come from America, so... Yeah, that's one good thing, eh? The Jeeps do come from America. A good car. A great car. Mm. You know, and... You know, I mean, here's a tip, mate. I haven't got any... I've got two here paid for both of them. I mean, they're good. 
I mean, <laughs> hello, but, Jeep, if you're listening. But they are good. They're good. Well, mate, the, the one, well, the two we have here, like the old Wrangler, it's been, um, it's my daughter's car. It's just been unbelievably reliable. Yeah. I'd love and to get my hands on one of those. I've got to tell you that the um, the other one, that um, which is basically our family drive car, when I say my family drive car, I mean the missus, but she drives it mainly. Mate, I took that to the Gold Coast. We did do a quick run up the Gold Coast, and I just jumped in that thing, mate. Just incredibly... Oh, it was a diesel. Not That's not the V8 one. Yep. But just off the mark for a diesel, it's unbelievable. Oh, they And they've got go. sports mode. Absolutely. And then, and it's got all the bells and whistles and the luxuries if you want all that well, the, stuff. The interior like. of those models was designed by a guy who left Mercedes mm. and then came to work for Jeep to do that specifically. Yeah, so anyway, um, anyway, so yeah, they'll be pretty popular, I would think. Those, I, those, I reckon. Yeah, they, I don't know what they're going to be priced at. but uh, It's about 80 grand for the Rubicon. Yeah. 80, 81, And that's the like dual that. cab ute, isn't that's it? That's the dual cab ute, lockers front and rear, mud terrain tyres. You know, it mm. ticks every box in, in mm. terms of gear you need to go off-road. The only thing that's lacking, I guess, is the payload compared to some of the dual-cab utes. It's not mm. quite as high. Yep. Uh, and I guess that's because it's got coil springs in the rear rather than leaf springs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can still tow with it and do all of those sort of things. Anyway, so we'll see how they go. So you reckon they're going to be about 80? Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, right, fair enough. All right, well, there it is. So let us know what you what vehicle what you, you drive. Buy? What would you buy? Send us an email. You can do that. Also, let us know. Do you call your four-wheel drive a car, a ute, a four-wheel drive or a truck? I just call mine a four-wheel drive. Yep. I call the other Navarre out there a ute. There you go. If you're going to have a good look at it, it actually looks like a ute. It does. <laughs> yeah, all three of them. Anyway, so, um, well, the other two don't look like utes because they've got canopies, canopies. on them. But um, yeah, yeah. but anyway, but uh, there you go. So let us know about all of that. Another thing I thought we'd talk about today, because as you know, we've, we've got the camper trailer here and we've also got the van. And I was just... Down at my uh, mechanics, as I mentioned earlier, earlier, a little bit earlier on today, and he's just upgraded his van from a camper. Yep. Right. And um, camper or van? Camper or van? Camper trailer or van? We, I think these days with the, some of the off-road caravans and the hybrids, you can have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it'd be a hybrid. Which I have like a hybrid. If I had to live with one, it would be a hybrid. Mm. If I had to choose a camper or a van, it would probably be a van. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends where you are in life with kids and, yeah, and things right. and what age they are. There's a whole lot comes into it. And, of course, your budget certainly comes into it. Big time. Um, and you start off with, you know, everyone starts off with tents. Yeah. Then you get yourself a camper trailer and you sort of move along in life. You know I'm travelling by myself and just as happy with a swag. Yeah. Well, I've got to tell you, when I went to Perth by myself, I took the camper trailer. Yep. By the time I pulled the tent out, it was off-wall camper, it, by the time I, it would have been by the time I'd taken a swag off the car, unstrapped it, took it out of the bag, rolled it out, pull an awning out. Mate, I just pulled the tent out. It took me 10 minutes with the, of having a beer, not even that. And you're sitting there, you've got a kitchen, yep. comfortable bed. The weather turned a couple of nights while I was away, so I had somewhere to sit inside. Yeah, you got somewhere to, to stand up and get dressed and all that stuff. All sort of that thing. stuff, yeah. That, that's what you don't get with a swag. Yeah, admittedly, I, mean, I probably would have used a little bit more fuel pulling the camper trailer, but I didn't have anything in it other than a chair and a table, um, and I had a full water tank. Yeah, when we were doing the off-road adventure show, I towed a lot of different trailers, yeah. heaps and heaps of different campers, Yeah. Um, and I also had a couple of small off-road vans, and I'm talking like 13-footers. Yeah. 
And that was fantastic. Yeah. The, the best thing, just rock up, open the door, pop the bed, Bob's your uncle, you're set up, you're ready to roll. Well, mate, with mine, I don't even have to do that. No, that, well, yours would be bigger. Yours is 16. 16, quarter. which is the 16, but it's still a hybrid, which yeah. basically you've got your outdoor kitchen. But it's nice to have that compact van behind you. Like it's it's pop-top roof and the bed pulls out at the back, so there's a little bit of setting up to do. Like It's still literally On yours, on this minutes. one. Minutes, yeah. yeah. Well, this but one. We I, could take it some places, gee yeah. whiz. Well, there's one I have. That's why I went the single axle. Because we could still take up places. But, mate, all I've got to do is just slide the fridge out. Yep. Push the button and the awning comes out. I've gone from one extreme to the other. <laughs> where, you know, with the camper trailer, you're carting all your gear and you're living out of bags and all that stuff. Uh, but with the van, and it's got the ensuite and all that, so the missus is happy. But it's not even a popper. It's a full-size van. With, and it's, like I say, it is the hybrid, so it has the extra outdoor kitchen as well as the outdoor slide fridge. And a lot of these trailers have become a lot more affordable now too. Well, yeah, exactly right. And uh, But in saying that, we did a lot of miles with our camper trailer, like a lot of miles. I've got a friend, I think I might have mentioned it last week, I've got a friend of mine about to go around Australia for five months with a box trailer with a tent with tents. Yeah. <sighs> two, kids under, two kids under five. Hard work, mate. Yeah, two kids under five. I'll have the work cut out from there. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's uh, so. This is you some time ago. What sort of trail is that? So that was the Easy Trail Parks Thirteen Caravan. Yep. yep. Um, in the Fink Gorge. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you like your bog day? Soft riverbed. Oh, down to the chassis. Yeah. Which um, and they're they're fairly heavy, aren't they, or not? Oh, it's, I think it was just shy two ton or around that area. Yeah. Yeah, they certainly it's pretty manageable. They certainly the thing I like about the van is on a decent trip, on a long trip, you can basically just drive until you've had enough and just pull up, just rock up, yep, and get out. even if you want to, even if you're driving at night and you just want to pull over and have a sleep for a couple of hours, I mean, just get out of the car, shut the door, open the door of the van, go to bed, yeah, have a sleep, get up, how good's that? Go again, and that's that's the good. That's that's one thing. I like about it. No, I'm pretty happy with, with, with the van. But for me, I guess it's, it depends what you're up to and where you want to go with it. And I mean, there are some places I can get the trailer where I wouldn't get the van, obviously. Yep. Something Look, I've got to admit, I'm still a big fan of just throwing the swag in the back and off you go. Yeah. You know, um, and, and throwing the swag on a stretcher. Yeah, but that's on your own. Yeah. Yeah, well, on your own, yeah. But, I mean, if you've got family, and most people take away their kids, getting their kids into this... Um, you know, they want to try and do it some, you know, as easy as they can to enjoy it. Yeah, of course. How many blues do you reckon there have been between, <laughs> like, blokes and their wives in regards to setting up? That's the old, um, <laughs> I saw a sticker, something like that. If um, if your marriage can survive setting up the camper, mm. you're going all right. I mean, I've heard <laughs> that and when, and then when it gets to the point when the, when the uh, when you're back, yeah, the bloke's backing the van, backing the van, in the, and the wife's giving directions. The wife's outside as the guide. Yep. And uh, mate, I saw one one day where she's standing right behind the van, so the old mate couldn't see her anyway. And all I could hear, he, she's all I could hear, I can't see you, I can't see. You. Oh mate, <laughs> very very funny. Uh, it's always funny when it isn't you. Oh mate, yeah, hundred percent. I remember when we first bought the van here, we. Set it up out the front and we thought we'd put the annex on, we'll do the whole thing. And I had no idea. I thought, oh, we'll just, you know, we'll work it out. 
And, you know, and I turned around and some of the neighbours had got deck chairs and eskies out sitting there watching the entertainment. <laughs> but um, anyway, but that's just... But I reckon there would have been a few... a few. Um, Geez, it would have been a few blues in the day. Oh, mate. I've seen my old man and uh, and his missus going at it. And neither of them hold back. Camping out. Yeah, but they love it. They, they get out there as often as Plenty they can. people do it. There'll be a stack of people going camping soon. Easter, mate. You got any suggestions? Where can people go to this? It's a good, it's a good time of year now because the weather's... On yeah. The weather's... You can feel the change in the weather, especially early I in the morning. I guess it depends where you are, but... Um, you get up early? Oh... Uh, not super early, but, you, I but, do. I don't, but I don't sleep in either. So you, I can feel it of a morning now. I mean, for those of you who get up sort of, you don't have to get up that early, really. You yeah. can feel the change now of a morning. I'm up around 6.30. Some of the, oh, well, that's not too bad. I mean, I used to be at work by then. Yeah, no, my missus at work for a couple of hours by then. But um, but you can feel the difference in the air, like it's sort of cooled off a little bit, cooling off a bit in the mornings and it's getting yeah. darker earlier now and... But loving it's it. a good time. This loving is a good time of year now to go camping. Well, it means touring season's coming around too. Yeah, well, that's right. And um, we're working on a trip that hopefully we'll pull off this week, which will be an absolute ripper. Um, we can't go into it yet, but we, you know, we'll be able to announce something soon if it happens. But um, it's just a, it's a good time of year to go. Easter, that Easter school holiday time yeah. for families is a good time to go. Away, the weather's not too hot. You can still swim. Well, I think the fo- folks in freezing. Brizzy, folks in Brizzy are probably are spoiled for choice more than most. Mm. They've got all the islands that are local. Mm. You've got Morton, you've got uh, Stratty. Yeah, and um, you know if you want to go southeast, you you've got all that beautiful border country down there around mm. Lamington National Park well, you can go and up the to border ranges. You can go up to Harvey Bay and to Fraser, Noosa, 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 North Shore. Yep, and just inland from there as well. It's all beautiful. They've got plenty of good spots up there, haven't they? Yep, up around behind Gympie where they have the, the country music master. Some great camping in there. That's on too soon. Uh, I got asked about doing some stuff there. I'm not sure if I can get there. Gympie, yep. the Gympie master on the 26th of August, I think I was. Talking to a bloke yesterday who wants me to go up there and do a radio show, which I don't think we can do because we'll be in Kalgoorlie. Oh, there you go. But I think, we've got some four-wheel drive shows on this year. Yeah, you're going to be a busy boy. Yeah, unbelievable. But anyway. I'm hoping to go to Perth this year. Yeah, well, Perth's a good one. Yeah. yeah I've Perth. been once before and I had a ball, so. Yeah, Perth's, Perth's a big show. Good man, Woodsy, puts on a big one there. And um, it's certainly, uh, made of, the amount of people that get to it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a massive show. Yeah, it's so. Massive um, show. Yeah, he does. He puts all his shows are good. Woodsy shows. Yep. Sydney, yeah, Sydney's Adelaide. a great show. Adelaide's a good one. Adelaide's a bit more like Adelaide. There's a lot of indoor stuff at Adelaide. Yep. Yeah, very, very big. Have you been to Adelaide? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big show, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, it's enormous. Uh, the show season's definitely on. I think we're on the week after Easter. We're at Nambour. Yep. With the show up there on the Sunshine Coast, which we'll be, will be, um, we'll be doing some eco pot stuff. Eco pot stuff up there. Yeah, we're doing that. Let's just launch them in England. Really? Eco pots on the shopping <laughs> channel in the UK. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, Connor over there on TV selling the eco pots. <laughs> yeah, so um, would you like to make a curry for your pot, Matt? Imagine them <laughs> over there, eh? Can you make a chicken curry? <laughs> Is that how they go? The pommies. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, if you're in England listening well, can, to us, look out for it. They can throw their pint in there and keep it warm. Yeah, I know. Perfect. But you know what? That's, I think that's a bit of a myth, I think. Warm beer? Well, I think you still you can get it warm, but I was talking to my mate Frank from the Walkabout Creek Pub, 
who just went to Scotland. Yeah, that's right. We spoke to him on uh, and, um, on here before he left. That's right. Well, anyway, I spoke to him since, and uh, he survived. He was big over there. Scotland survived. Yeah. Well, he, and everyone's driving through McKinley, Queensland at the moment. Just look for the bloke in the kilt <laughs> behind the bar up there. That'd be Frank. But yeah, he, he I, was. I'd he rock was. A kilt. He was really. Oh yeah. No, not for me. But anyway, he. Um, I have heard it about you and. Don't be so judgy. Skirts and dresses. And Don't be so judgy. Anyway, so Frank was rec- he reckons that you can get cold beer over there. He was into it anyway. Yep. It didn't take him much. But um, <laughs> but no, no, he, no, he did survive. Public and away from the beer, eh? He did survive. Frank survived. Uh, and there good. were people that he bumped into that had been to the pub. We how many tourists have been to that pub? Yeah, oh, most of right? them. Right. So he he'd bumped into people and um, and there were people who said who were coming to Australia who said yeah, they will definitely get out there because they were. Oh, what's the movie? Crocodile Dundee. It's all heard of the pub. Yep. So, um, you know, knowing Frank as well as I do, he would have been big there. Oh, no question. Mate, do you know Frank? Oh, I've met him, yeah. Oh, mate. He's a great bloke. He's a, he's he's a my, character and half. Well, he's, he's, he's my favourite publican. He's got to be Australia's best publican, I reckon. Oh, Has maybe, to be. Wait, maybe we should go and check. Uh, well, I am checking very, very shortly. So, and um, so look out for that. <laughs> we'll be up there. But no, he's uh, no, he's a he's a he's a great bloke, Frank. So he, he survived. But he said the beer. He did tell me what brand it was, and he was on, he was into it over there. It, was, be, it you, was served cold. Are you big on that? Um, he got into the Guinness too. The Guinness, the black beer. No, no, no not, not the Guinness. No, I don't mind the old. Until he's old, but I couldn't do Guinness. Have you tried it? I tried it once when I was younger. It's not yeah. for me. How would you describe the difference? For I'm a non-beer drinker, as you know. Well, what would you describe the difference between that oh, and like you, you know, your two is new traditional just, beer? Oh, it's hard. I don't know. I couldn't describe the difference. I can just tell you that it is different. Yeah. I don't mind like like um, a two is old icy cold. Yep. Mate, beautiful. I've never tried any of the darker beers, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, icy cold. Got to be cold, really maybe, cold. Maybe I should try For me, I mean, it's everyone's different. Their tastes yeah. are different. But Look, I would love to be able to enjoy a beer. I can't do the craft beers. Just never, just, I mean, I've been to some, you know. Well, maybe just haven't tried the right ones. Functions and stuff and just think. There's a million no, of this them. isn't for me. You know, you go to those places where they serve all that imported beer. and. Oh, I could see you all, all nah. ordering a... A schooner of raspberry, Peroni. Ra- no. raspberry IPA, New England uh, meat and potatoes, man, mate. <laughs> but no, not for me. But I don't mind a two-year-old icy cold, even in a stubby out of an esky. Well, look, if you're listening and you consider yourself <sighs> a, bit of now, a actually. bit of a beer guru, if you're in your beer guru, I'm no beer guru. I just enjoy the beer I well, drink. Clearly, clearly. But, um, but but if you're listening and you are, tell me mm. what what should I be starting on for someone who. Can't stand the smell of of your traditional, you know, to his new four X Vic bitter. You'd probably be a craft beer man. Some of them have honey in it and all sorts of different. I tried one from from Black Bear, the barbecue guys, where they yeah. smoke the malt. They tell me just on that. They've told someone tells me just on Windsor Road at Vineyard, Vineyard. they've opened up a yeah, yeah. You know what? Where they are in that shop is where my old man used to have his milk bar. So where is it exactly? Uh, you know where the tourmaline is? Yep. The, the pub with the big horse out the front? It's almost directly opposite. What, in the nursery? No, a little bit further up. So you've got the servo and then just a little bit further east. Yeah, right, okay. I can't picture where it is. There's a little shop There's the there. big globe out the front. Yeah, that was the nursery. It was a nursery, was it? Mm. No, no, it was no, a no, pie no. shop. 
and it was a cafe and a pie shop on yeah. the corner there. In there, yeah. yeah. So they're in there, are they? Well, back in the day, that was a milk bar and a, and a fruit and veg place, and my old man used to run the milk bar. Yeah, right. So I used to get out there on my dirt bike. Is that the, the place weekends. they called the, They used to call it the halfway house? Yeah. Yeah, right. I can't remember that. Yeah. That's not to confuse with the halfway house on the Putty Road. That's no. no longer oh, there's there. probably plenty of halfway houses. Yeah, one there's a few Yeah, well, I think there was one on Richmond Road too, near where what's called Windsor Downs now. They used to call the halfway house yeah, too. Yeah, it's probably when it was dirt road. Uh, it wasn't dirt, but it was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it was probably smoother as dirt. Uh, talk about getting like sidetracked. Some, like some of the roads out here. So I'll tell you about sidetracked. Have you bought paint lately? <laughs> no. As you know, we've done a bit of renovating here. We haven't finished yet from building and doing some things here. And... We've, I mean, we've gone we've gone from beer to oh no, barbecue. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something I was thinking about the other day, right? So I've had a little bit of painting. So I've gone to Bunnings and I've bought, I said, right, I want this colour. I think it was Berkshire white, the colour. Mix this up for us, mate. Good on you, champ. All that. Who names the colours? I don't know. But anyway, do you notice when you get paint mixed? When's the last time you bought paint and they mixed oh, it up? Shit, I don't know. Long time. Someone will tell you now, all right? What they do is they, they, they mix up, they put all the little tints in, then they close the lid, pat it down with a hammer, stick it in the machine, it shakes the shit out of it, they get it back out, they, and then they take the lid off and present it to you and go, there you are, sir, Berkshire White. It's like when you go to a restaurant and they want you to taste the wine. Yep. You go, you go oh, yes, that is two-stroke Chardonnay or whatever it is. <laughs> two-stroke Well, I'm not really a wine drinker, right? So... So anyway, but it's like that, that's what it's, that's what it reminded me of. Like when you go to a restaurant and you yeah. see someone order a wine, they it's bring the bottle out, they show you the bottle, then they open it, then they tip a little bit in the glass which you have a, a mouthful of, and then say yes. So you didn't taste the paint. Yes, did that you? is the nineteen sixty six, you know, River Riverston Rosé. <laughs> I'll have that, thank you. Right, that's what they do with the paint. So they get the paint, they shake it up, and they open the lid, and then. Tilt the can so you can see the colour. You didn't taste it? No. No, good. But I, uh, I got plenty on my clothes, though. <laughs> but I, and everywhere else. But but um, I just think it was funny. And I'm looking at the way thinking, mate, it's like going to a restaurant buying wine. Yeah, there it is, your Berkshire White, sir. Anyway, but... Um, I reckon the people who name these colours are on... They're on something. I don't know who comes up with them. And I'll tell you another thing, There's too. Just on the there. restaurant with the wine, what happens... If you go to a restaurant and you order your bottle of, you know, whatever it is, they bring it out, they show you the bottle, they pour the bit in your glass, you have the taste and you go, mate, nah. I read a story about exactly this. I don't this. like that, mate. I don't want that one. There was a, what happens? Um, there, was, there was three three blokes, they went to uh, a winery. Get out another restaurant. bottle. Get out another bottle. I'll try that. <laughs> they went to a restaurant on a winery. And uh, they've ordered this particular very expensive bottle of wine. It's come out and they've done the presentation. Here you go. And the, the bloke's tasted it and he's gone, no, mate, that's not the wine I've ordered. And he's gone, yeah, it is. He said, no, it's not. He said, okay, well, I'll go and get something, you know, a different bottle, another bottle of the same thing. And he's, he said, no, no, it's not it. And uh, the manager's come out and he's admitted that, they ran out of that very expensive wine and they were replacing it with something they thought was similar. Turns out the bloke who was tasting it was the head taster at that winery. Yeah, right. So he knew exactly what it was. Yeah, but, no, but I'm talking about if you just did it. Let's see, if you've ordered it, they bring the bottle out and they show you. I mean, you don't go to a poor pub and say, can I get a schooner of new? And they pour a little bit in the glass so you just taste <laughs> that and make sure it 
That's right, mate. Before we, oh, blue, he's he off goes again. blue again. He's off, and um, yeah, that's a plane flying. I don't like planes. Bluey doesn't like planes. But anyway, she. So at the end of the day, imagine that you go to the pub and say, "Yeah, mate, I'll have a new thanks." Or, well, they don't do that with wine at the pub either, do they? You know, it's got to no. be probably be a reasonably special bottle of wine before they're doing that anyway, sort of thing. What about? Are you big on corkage fees? No. Mainly because I don't drink wine. I don't drink wine at all. No, I, I, think I couldn't tell you the last time I had one. Mate, I, I, but if you go saying, to a restaurant and you just BYO... It's only a rort if you're not in it, And mate. then they charge you to open the bottle. Yeah. I mean, what are you, serious? What is it? What it's is because it? they haven't sold you one of their bottles yeah, and they no, still but, want to make something. Yeah, but here's a tip. You, but I'm talking about even BYO, where they don't even... So they don't present you with the opportunity to buy the wine from them because they're a BYO. So you've got to go out of your way, pass the bottle over, grab your wine whatever it is, then you go there and they'll charge you to open the bottle. Yeah, how much do they charge? What's, what's, I've got no idea, What's, mate. what's I mean, an I'm, average corkage fee? Couldn't tell you. I wouldn't have a clue. I'll look it up. But, uh, yeah, you, you look. I mean, I think it depends on where you go. I mean, if you're in if you're in a pub somewhere in the sort of places we go, it probably cost you nothing. But if you go to some fancy <laughs> soiree joint we go. <laughs> in Sydney... Wow. Um, the average corkage fee ranges from $10 to $40 per bottle... But may be as high as a hundred dollars or more. But to open the bottle. To open the bottle. <laughs> That'll do. Mate, if you're paying that, you're a complete dope. Some restaurants charge a corkage fee that matches the cost of their least expensive wine. There you go, and that's on uh, restaurantstore.com. Mate, who would pay up to a hundred dollars to get someone to open the mate? I'd just say, mate, I'll open it myself. Someone with more money than cents. Mate, you're kidding, aren't you? I mean that's imagine if they started charging corkage fee at when you buy your paint. That's just outrageous. Mate, we've had to open it back up to show you to make sure the colour's right. Yeah, here's another one. How do restaurants get away with $20 for corkage? <laughs> well, I agree with that. How do they get away yeah. with it? I mean, mate, it's not as if... And the restaurant business, and you'd know this, is a very tough business. Absolutely. Very tough. So wouldn't you be offering value... Wherever you could. Look, yeah. I'm not into giving pubs free Va- plugs. Value is, value is a funny thing, though. It's, it's all perception. So... Yeah. You know, someone who happens to have a lazy 150 grand sitting in their bank account and, you know, three credit cards with, you know, $70,000 limits mm. is going to have a very different idea of value for someone who's got 60 bucks in their bank account and a maxed out $1,000 credit card. Well, just on that too, I went to a pub yesterday and I'm not going to plug the pub, right, but I went there for lunch uh, with a couple of mates yesterday and um, I looked up at the blackboard sign and it said... Happy hour. This was this was this was another one. Happy hour from four to six. <laughs> <laughs> happy hours, right? But that wasn't the best bit. So for so it was should have been you know happy two hours, but it was happy hour from four to six. So that works what? out to be two hours. Well, see, that's value. It is value. Oh, mate, no, no, the value's coming. Three dollar fifty schooners. Well, what's the, what's the schooner normally cost? I wouldn't have a clue. Oh, I'd buy mate, bourbon at the pub. Mate, I'd say, I oh, know, anywhere, if, depending on what pub you go to, anywhere from five fifty up. Okay. You know, six bucks. I don't know. I, to be well, honest, I'm, I've I'm never really... I'm tipping you were there for two hours. I was filthy. We left at 20 to 4. <laughs> <laughs> I said, mate, what are we going now for? If we hang around for another 20 minutes, we're into it here for two hours for $3.50 a schooner. How many schooners could you drink in two hours? Oh, geez, I'd give it a run at three fifty. <laughs> I reckon I'd be good for. 
I reckon the average bloke would be good for what four four schooners an hour, five. Yeah, well, that's that one. Probably one, one every twelve minutes. You have a crack every six. Have, I mean, I've never really looked at it. I've never timed it. Maybe I should. Yeah. I mean, the first one always goes down really well, and then you, you, you got to you got to set yourself a PB. So you got but, something um, for. Oh no, no, I'm well past me PB, <laughs> mate. But I've got to tell you, at three fifty, I thought, geez, you could settle in here for a couple of hours. So if you went there and had a bit of lunch. Had a couple of beers and then just sort of kept your eye on the clock. And soon, mate, I'd, have the, I'd have the alarm set at three fifty a schooner doo, 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 on the on the watch. Yep, straight in, mate. On, 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 I've got to say, as I left, I was on the phone, so I stood out the front of this pub for about fifteen minutes on the phone. And mate, there were people pulling up there. No doubt. I think you knew little beauty. Where three, was it? Tell us who it was. No, no, I don't want to because in case not, I don't know, but I'm not I'm not prepared to name pubs. Okay. It's a very old pub. You park your truck out the front of it? I did park out the front. Yeah. My car. <laughs> My four-wheel drive. I did park out the front. Well, it's not a car, but it's not a truck. So it's a four-wheel drive. I just I just can't really call it a truck when I know Blake. The Blake lives two doors down from me. He drives a truck. Yeah, I saw him out there polishing his crane this He doesn't morning. really go anywhere, mate. He, just, he spends a lot of time at home these yeah, days. Yeah, he's got it half pulled He's paid his truck off. He's always working on it out there. But he, he pulls a semi-trailer, and, and to me, that's a truck. So if you're talking to him, I say, mate, I'll just go and get something out of my truck. He'd look at me like I was some sort of a dingbat, <laughs> you know. So, um, But anyway, that's just me. I know people can call their cars what they like. So, But, um, yeah, no, so anyway. But, uh, no, it was the Macquarie Arms at Windsor. So there's a plug for them. Yeah. Oh, it's a great pub. I couldn't – well, it's a love. I love it there. Apparently the uh, the Jolly Frogs making a comeback. Yeah, well they've been really, but that that caught fire. That, I don't know how many years ago that was, but it's been sitting there. Um, oh, I'd have to be fifty. Bit of an years oh now. no no not, no it would have burned about five years ago. No, it's longer than that. No, it wasn't because no, we were in there. We were in there. Uh, no no no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Well, might might be longer. It's definitely not longer than ten. No way. It'd be maybe five or six years ago. Was okay. it? We were in there um, on a night out one night. Saw an ACDC cover band. They were brilliant. Yep. We sort of lobbed in there at about midnight on our way out from somewhere. But um, yeah, the old Jolly Frog. There's some iconic pubs out this way. But there the is. one we were at yesterday, I, I was. Uh, I thought, yeah, we'll go and have a bit of a feed here, and that wasn't too bad actually. I walked in and and um, had a couple of beers and a feed. And then uh, we were driving, obviously, so we didn't really get into it. But I did look at when I saw it. We left at 20, and we did a lot of talking. It was a bit of one of those lunch. It wasn't a lunch. It was more of a sort of a business lunch than a social lunch. Not, not that I'm into business <laughs> lunches. But we had a lot to talk about. And um, I said, and we had a meeting here first. And then he said, well, we're going to get up a feed somewhere. I said, oh, we'll go down the pub and see what's doing. And so we didn't get there till late. And at, um, I think at, at lunch, we got there after two and I thought we could be in trouble here. And uh, they said, oh, no, the best lunch is till three. We thought, oh, okay. So we sat there and had a chat and then I noticed the board. We left at 20 to four. So tell me, where's where's the best pub feed you've been to? Where's been oh, that's a big feed? call. I don't know. Couldn't, yeah. I couldn't oh, I've been keeping track of mine. Yeah. the, the best, I've got to say there's another pub out here. Like I said, we're we're blessed with pubs in in the where we live out here in the Hawkesbury, right? And there's a lot of pubs here for an area that's not that big. There are a lot of pubs, and they're all like country pubs. Yep. 
because it's, this is a very rural part well, of... It's a very historic area. It's exactly. one of the first areas settled in, in the country. But there's a pub down at Wilberforce. used to be called the Tropicana. Yep. It's now called the Heritage, I think. Yep. And anyway, that's a good feed. Yeah, the Tropicana. Good feed there, mate. been there for a long time. Um, another pub, which they... Oh, it's not really a pub. It's an old church that's converted to a pub called the Church Bar. Yeah, in Windsor. In Windsor. Yep. Mate, that's a real good feed. Yeah. Real good. So... Mate, I don't think you got to. I think these days, I mean, years, you know, on the camping show, we talk to a pub every week on that show. We call yep. it the pub crawl, right? And we do that to support the bush pubs and we encourage people to camp behind the pubs or a caravan park close and go, here comes a plane. Here goes Bluey, the <laughs> HR manager in the background. And um, they're going to both go off. But um, listen to these dogs. Look on the window. Anyway, so. The, um, the I find now when you talk to um, the people in pubs, these dogs, she's pretty real, this podcast. We could hit, cut it out, Charlie, get down. There you go, that's Charlie. She's Bluey, she sort of keeps him in line. There he goes, he's looking, he's, he's looking around out there and I wonder where that banging come from. So anyway, a lot of pubs these days, they've got chefs. Yep. I'm talking about in the outback. Yeah. Like I, last week I spoke to the pub at Pine Creek in the Northern Territory. The Lazy Lizard Tavern. <laughs> what a great right? name. And, and it's a caravan park as well. It's actually a fair bit goes on there. It's a bit of a – you can actually, like, get your mail sent there and send things from there. Yep. It's, it's a bit of a hub, you know. But it's a, but at the end of the day, it's a it's an old school Northern Territory pub when you look at the way the bar's set up. And, 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 she, and I said, what's your specialty there? And she said, mate, we've got really good pizzas. Well, uh, and, and, and we've got a chef here. And, and just about every pub now does pizzas. Yep. Where once upon a time, that just didn't happen. You had the counter lunch. You were lucky to get a pie and, a you know, yeah, mash right. and peas at the bar or whatever. Where now, pubs are really like clubs. Yeah, I ran And in. even pubs in the outback, even pubs out in the bush are putting on. I mean, if you go to the – I need to exclude the Walkabout Creek Hotel – there, the menu there is whatever his missus is serving up that day. Yep, <laughs> true story. Oh, and look, those places are still out there. You know, I ran a bistro in a pub for about three years after I got out of the uh, the Italian restaurant. That was uh, that was. How did you end up with time. an Italian restaurant when you're not Italian? No, Brian's definitely not an Italian name. Well, uh, out of school, I was working there delivering pizzas, mm. and uh, it also had attached to it a you know forty five seat licensed little Italian restaurant. You know. 15, so you've ended up in there? 15, 20 different pastas on the board and, you know, your pizzas and all that sort of stuff. So it's where were you, in the kitchen? Well, I started off delivering pizzas, then I moved into the kitchen and then I started running a show a few nights a week while the boss took some time off because, you know, he'd been working the restaurant game for 30 years by this point without really many days off. And uh, I ended up buying it off him. Yeah, right. Ended up buying the whole business off him and, and running that. So what happened? You get rid of, get rid of that, did you? Oh, mate, the... Ah, the hours, taper. the hours were the killer, you know. Yeah. In in summer we'd start at, and this was right around the time Pizza Hut started their big two for one, delivering thirty minutes mm. or it's free caper, you know. And Pizza Hut delivery was just going off and killing everything, um, you know. This is before even Domino's were big here and all this sort of stuff. So this, this is you know early to mid nineties, and um, you know we would have to get up early and put pamphlets out in letterboxes every day. If you didn't, you had a quiet night. Yeah, right. So if you didn't do it, you you were a shot duck for the night. You might as well just not bother going in. But when you did, 
you had a decent night. So every day I would get See, up. See, these days you wouldn't do that. No. You'd just put it on Facebook. That's right. Or, or Deliveroo or Uber Eats or whatever it is. Completely yeah. different scene now. It's but amazing, I, isn't it? Things have changed. I'd get up in the morning at 3 o'clock in summer to beat the heat, jump on my posty bike and deliver me pamphlets till probably 9 or 10 o'clock, yeah. go do me banking, go home, have a shower, go in, prep for lunch, open for lunch, finish lunch, prep for dinner, go home, have another shower, come back, be there till midnight. Seven days a week. Yeah, no. Bro. Two days off a year. Yeah, no, that's too much work. Mate, after seven years, I'd had enough. No, bugger that. that. That's the thing. I mean, there was there's a general store not far from here that was for sale and, um, and a good little shop a few years ago. It's a general store, real handy for yep. for any that would take away food there. And, yeah, another one. And about. when when and when we first moved here, they used to have a video hire section, you know, in the back, and <laughs> yep. it was just a good little community store. And the bloke, it's like the old caravan parks. He was selling it, and I'm and I'm thinking, this would be all right. And he said, let me tell you, he said, I thought this would be a great thing. He said, but all I've done is bought myself a job. Yep. I'm here every day. And it was the same thing. He did a few years there. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it was – and that's the thing. It's hard, Yakka. And yeah. he wasn't really making a lot more than what he would have if he was working for somebody else. Oh, look, with our game, it was massively up and down, you know. Some some weeks you'd bank a couple of grand for yourself. Some weeks you'd, you'd go backwards by that. Mm. So. Yeah, no, hard caver, mate. Yeah, and I got out of that and got into the pub, and that was a whole lot easier. It was a lot more steady, you know, same folks every what day. What pub was that? Marion Hotel. The Marion Hotel. Now, now the brew house. Is it? Yep. The old Marion Hotel. That's right. Three years I did in there, mate. Yeah? I got very good at pool. Yeah, right. I got very good at pool. Yeah. Mate, there used to be the Marion Hotel years ago before that underpass went around behind it. That was just a park there with swings and kids Yeah, activities. I remember that. And that's where all the kids were playing while their fathers were inside. Yeah, well, where the old level crossing used to be, yeah. that's where my restaurant was. Yeah, right, okay. Well, what side? Where the shops are? Where the shops are, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's a real estate agent now. Yeah, well, there you go. So that's where it was. Well, well gone. Yeah. So what was your specialty there, mate? At, at the pub? Yeah. Oh, what was popular there? Well, pizzas were big because obviously I kept that on the menu. That was a bit of my sort of staple, I guess. That's... And we did everything from scratch. We made our own dough the whole deal. You know, nothing was bought in. Our own garlic bread, we did everything. What does any of this Australia. have to do with camping or going around oh, we were talk We were talking about uh, bistros and, and best feeds that you've had in pubs. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's where that started. And by the way, mine's uh, in Omeo in Victoria. Yeah? Best schnitzel I've had. Mate, everyone claims to have the best schnitzel, eh? Well, everywhere we go, I order the schnitzel. Yeah. And my top three is, is Omeo, uh, the Hale Road Tavern in WA, not too mm. far from the airport. And it used to be the pub at Lindhurst, but uh, we went back there after I'd had this, this magnificent schnitzel for lunch one day, and it was they'd changed it to just rubbish, frozen crap. What about the crumb cutlets? Crumb cutlets, mate. They Hamp- are the ultimate. The Hampton Hotel, the halfway pub no. there. Oh, mate. The best crumb cutlets you'll get at any pub. Do you remember Mick Cronin, who played for Parramatta in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rugby He's league? Down south somewhere. Yeah, Jer- Jerry Gong. His pub does the best crumb cutlets you'll ever. ever. I'll have to go and Unbelievable. check him out. Just, just in the name of research, I'll have to go check him yeah, out. Yeah, go and check it out, mate. He's got the uh, I never met a Jack's Bar and Grill in the Bistro. And, uh, mate, I've got to tell you, they are, and I remember going down there, he rings me, and he goes, because I was held up in Sydney traffic trying to get to Jerry Gong one Friday night. He goes, mate, the, uh, he said, you're not going to get here in time. And he said, what do you want, the cutlets? I said, yeah, you better order me a feed. Give me them. 
now do you want veggie with it? Or I said, no, nah, just yeah, veggie and mash. What sort of gravy do you want? I said, this is me. <laughs> just whatever you reckon, but make sure they put an extra cutlet on. They were the best ever. They are. Well, I'm tipping they still do them. Oh, well, so there you go. go to Cronin's Jerringong Hotel and get into the cutlets and Jack's Bar and Grill and the Bistro. Yep. Good pub. If you love your footy, it's a real footy pub. Oh, I love the sound of that. Yeah, it's a real good footy pub, especially for a Parramatta supporter. There's a lot of memorabilia around the walls I and can stuff imagine. because it is mixed pub and uh, and uh, he's a great bloke, Mick Cronin. So if you're down there, you won't get him on a mobile though. Yeah, I'd love to own a pub. I, yeah. I could do that, I reckon. That one's been in his family for over 100 years. Wow. Yeah. He, when he was playing first grade for Parramatta, he'd drive from Jerringong, go to training and drive back and close up the pub. Yep. Yeah, he was... Uh, he's yeah, committed. He, and he's worked on it his entire life. Uh, he played for Australia, I think, while he was still playing for Jerringong. <laughs> Very good rugby league player, mate. So I was watching some old rugby league the other day, uh, you know, getting ready for the season, and someone scored a try and the stats came up and it had his job on there, what he did for a living. You know, Benny Elias was a... Uh, I think he was a rug, rugby league development officer. I think that's just code for... You know, we're playing him to play footy, but there were other, other blokes were Stormen and Glaziers and yeah, plenty of them drivers. Yeah. Well, mate, I'm pretty sure there were a couple of rugby league players um, years ago who worked at 2GB radio stations as sales reps. Oh, there you go. Uh, there were plenty of footy players that were two-ish reps. Yep. Um, and a lot of sports, and a lot of them went in. I remember when um, Tom Radonikas had the sports store in as we had a sports store. Yeah. I said Johnny Peard had one in Parramatta. Yeah, that's Johnny right. Peard? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. So he had one in Penrith as well. Them days of, um, the, the days of the rugby league players having jobs and businesses, I think it just about done and dusted. Yeah. They make a lot of money playing footy these days, mate. Too right. Anyway, but um, good luck to them if we can do it. But um, all right, mate. So we're going to we wrap things up soon. So, so look, Easter coming up. Any recommendations? For people that are thinking about you, if you might go away, how long is Easter? About a month away? Yeah, look, the recommendation is if you're planning on heading up a caravan park near the coast, ring up today because uh, you'd be lucky to find anything. Yeah, well, we're actually going to one because we're meeting some people there, which is the reason we're going there. And we're up the coast, and then from there we head to the Sunshine Coast for work to that show at Nambour that we mentioned. But um, yep. I can tell you, I had a mate of mine who said, I reckon you can get us in. I said, oh, I'll ring him. Booked. This particular park's already booked for Christmas. Booked out. Wow. For Christmas. That's insane, isn't it? Oh, it booked out. What they do is they everyone goes there, right? I'll tell you. It, it, I'll t- everyone goes. We we did our show from there last um, last year, the Blue Lagoon Beach Resort at Bado Bay. Yep. So what happens is you've got until so if you've got a site there at Christmas time, you have until. I think the 1st of March to book it. Once the 1st of March ticks over, it's open slather. Yep. Anyway, I was talking to uh, Jody there about something else. It might have been about Easter. And um, I said, how did you go for your Christmas booking? She goes, we booked out. I said, what are you, serious? She has all of our sites booked well before the 1st of March. There you go. Because it's one of the, here comes the dogs again. comes the plane. Yeah. Now, my neighbour's got a, a caravan on site up at Foster. Yeah. Your neighbour, Watto. I love Foster. Still waiting for the invite, Watto. I think oh. that's the third or fourth time I've mentioned that on this podcast. Yeah, there goes Bluey. He's out there. He's just staying his bit. And um, What does he think those planes are, I wonder? He doesn't like them, mate. No. He doesn't like them. But that is Bluey, the HR manager here at Blue Collar Media and security. And uh, he does a great job of, of both. Not, there's not much with HR, but he's good security. 
His HR skills aren't all that good. I don't know. He gives me a pretty good greeting every time yeah. I get here. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, you know. No, but he is good. He's good. He, he listens. If you've got a drama, he's a good talk to. He's a good listener. He doesn't say much, except he makes a bit of noise <laughs> when he wants to. Just at the planes. But yeah, they fo- oh, I'm a huge... Have you been to Lani's Island? Lani's? No. At Foster? No. Mate, that's a, that is, that's a park. Yeah. Lani's is... Well, Lani's... I know you said we were going to go soon, but Lani's <laughs> at Foster, right... It's got the caravan park at the top of the park, right? Then there's a two-kilometre track down to this massive, what does look like an island. So it's just surrounded by water. You just pick a spot and camp. Oh, beautiful. And they call it Lani's Holiday Island. Yep. Right? There's very minimal, very basic facilities down there on the island. But you just drive back up to the park and they've got A-grade facilities, right? Yep. I'm telling you now, you would think... When you're camped at your campsite, you think you're on Morton Island at a campsite. Oh, that but, good. Right? But you drive five – oh, no, not so much about four driving and all that. But, like, you'd think no, you're on an island. Like, you'd yeah, think you're on an island, right? Yeah. So you're there, you're just camped, right? You can take as much room as you like. There's no dramas. Um, you, you know, you, you, there is a there is one, one restriction. You can only camp so far from the bank. Yep. So if you see it, I think the trees are marked with red paint. You can't camp past there. Yeah. Um, there's a boat ramp there. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to, the, is it, um, what's the lake up there? Is it Lyle? Is it Lyle? Um, no, no. There's the Mile Lakes. Mile Lake, that's it. Yeah. So it's all on that, right? So you're camped there within six-minute drive at the bottle shop. Perfect. It's just unbelievable. And it's at the it's at the rear of the Lani's Caravan Park, and it's called... Lani's Holiday Island, and you know, like I say, you do. It's a two. When you when you, you when you drive into Lani's, there are permanent on-site vans as well as caravan sites and cabins, right? The whole place is pet friendly, right? Then you'll see a sign, and then there's a pool, right, and all that stuff, all the caravan park stuff, very old school. Then you see a sign that says boat ramp two kilometres. When you get down there, that's where what they call Lani's Island is. It's where the good stuff is. Yeah, and and one thing, one I was supposed to go camping there with Steve Robson. Remember him? Yeah. Our old mate. Robo. From MDC. And um, we were supposed to go there. Anyway, we things changed and our times were, weren't right. And remember a few, oh, you probably wouldn't, but it was a few years ago, right over that Christmas period, there was a, a massive low-pressure system and it just rained and rained and rained and rained. So he went to Lani's and I just went up the Central Coast. And poor old Robbo, up to his knees yep. <laughs> in his camper, full of water. He's absolutely got washed out. But um, it was a bit of a shame because he goes, oh, we'll just we'll, you know, we'll line it up again. It never, ever happened yeah. you know, because of he suddenly passed away. But, uh, mate, Lani's Island. If you ever go to Foster, check it out. And yeah, it, and there's, I love the sound of that. There's a spot you can check out. Anyone can check out Lani's. It's, and Foster's still, you know, like parts of the Central Coast, like the... The big smoke of caught up with it, like the high rise, and, yeah, you know, and the way that you know, close the street off of the malls and all that stuff. And um, I mean, you, you, the entrance at New South Wales, though, for a while there, they called it the new entrance. So, well, there's nothing wrong with the old entrance, really. <laughs> well, Foster's still very old school. Yep, got that old wooden bridge. Yeah, going across the channel and all that. It's very, very. And I'll tell you what, if you love your dolphin spotting, mate, I'll swim with you there. Where's your mate at Foster? Smuggler's Cove. So what's that? A caravan park. 
And that's got, what it's called. So he's got an on-site van there, yeah. Oh, so he doesn't own the park. Doesn't own the park, mate. He's just got a van there. Was van. that mate of yours got one at Kempsey or somewhere? Or Port yeah, Macquarie? yeah, Kempsey, up at Kempsey there, South Kempsey. Yeah, so what was that? That was one of the four-wheel drive tracks or something? He's got a four-wheel drive track out the back. And, and then what's the name of that again? Uh, I think it's Kempsey Tourist Village. We should get him on next. We can have a chat to him. All right, we'll do that. I'll organize Give him it. a plug. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah, we can Mark's do what we like here. I mean, that's a, yeah, that, that, that's a great idea, having a four-wheel drive track part of your caravan. Oh, park. how good is it? Yeah. Oh, mate, amazing. All right, mate. Well, I reckon that's about us. We've talked about whether your four-wheel drive's a ute, a four-wheel drive, a car, or a truck. Yep. We did. We talked about uh, the new four-wheel drives that are out in the market and what would you buy. And uh, also about caravans, camper trailers, swags. We spoke about paint. We did. Mate, just while you're here, mate, I've got the roller out too. You can do a bit while you're here as well, Rico. Thanks, yeah. mate. I think I said at the top of the show, mate, that I've got a figure to maintain. Um, uh, I stand by that. Yeah. What's it got to do with painting? Oh, too much hard work. Yeah, no, fair enough. And, uh, mate, it's not my boat. I'm, well, as you can see, I've got to do another coat on that door. We've got to cut it along you, that I love roof. what you've done with the feature wall. We no, no, the wall going great. on here, that's not finished. So we've we've got a whole new feature wall going on there. Which glad the to hear it. Next week. It's, it's a bit of an eyesore, to be honest. And, um, and we're not finished yet, but how big's your office? So, uh, but no, we're going all right here. Yeah, mine's pretty big, actually. But we've just got to... Uh, Oh, mate, Bill, to be mate, Marshall, will be back to do the wall. It'll be the same as this. And then it'll be finished. You want me to bring one of my cardboard cutouts of me over here for you? No, I don't need that, mate. There's one of sure. Ruthie there, look. It's not a problem. A picture of me and Ruthie there. Oh, so you'll put Ruthie up, but not your old mate, well, Rico. No, no, I'm not putting up cardboard cutouts of people. I've got some other great stuff there from the continuous call team and things and different bits of things will stick up in here. Memorabilia? But, yeah, but, um, yeah, and the boys will come back and do that wall and we'll... We've got blinds and different things going in here, mate. Well, maybe Move take, in. Take the echo out of the room. That'd be good. Yeah, so well, it's, it's all brand new, but anyway, yeah. we're into it, mate. Oh, we're getting there, mate. That's all happening. But um, all right, so don't forget you can... Look, just before we do go too, don't forget to come down and see us at ARB Windsor this weekend. And we'll be down there on Saturday the 14th. Not sure what time we'll get there. About 10. Um, yeah, something like that, because I'm going out on the Friday night. So uh, it won't be there too well. I know the festivities start there at 8.30. I certainly will not be there No, at 8.30. That will not be happening. Not in the same um, But we will be down there and we'll, we'll bring this podcast gear down with us and, and we'll just dock up a special podcast just for that because we like to promote anyone having a go and it's a good, you know, it'll be a good place for people to, you know, they've got to travel so far. If you're an ARB person, live out this way, you can just duck in there now. It's a Happy huge, days. It's a huge, huge... Uh, showroom, yeah, it's huge. Have, oh, have yeah. you seen the ARB showroom at Moorbank? Yes. Well I'm, I'm, well, I'm led to believe it's bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, it would be. So it, it, it's uh, certainly, um, certainly put them on the line there. Not wrong, right? Which is what everyone <laughs> does these days in business. Anyone who starts a business these days is certainly putting them on the line. And uh, so, mate, we've come down and say good day. We'll be there if you want to contact us through the week. You can do that as well. Just go to bluecollarmedia.com.au, click on contact and send us an email. You have five days to go on Rico's tag-along trip. It's a tag-along trip with a difference. Starts off at the Coffs Harbour region and you end up on James Blundell's farm having a few beers with or beers with James. Rico will be on the cider and bourbon. I'll be on the bourbons, and, mate. And um, sitting around the fire with a bit of a sing-along or, there. Or maybe the Agers, we'll see. So it is something a bit different. You've only got five days. What happens if someone rings on the 17th? Will you take their booking? I oh, probably will. 
Good on you. So you've got six days. So uh, <laughs> if you want to go on Rico's... Um, we'll see, mate. We'll see. We've only got a few spots left. So. Rico's tag-along. Well, it's a tag-along tour with a difference. So there you go. So you... Uh, I'm keeping the numbers low um, on purpose because I don't want it to turn into a great big circus. I want everyone to have their own space. Well, you need, time, you need to so. control it too. And I mean, yeah. you don't want them too big. I know when Vic Widman, who's been doing it for over 30 years, he, he has... Cap numbers. Yeah. Oh, you've got to, I think. Um, yeah, you you so want to make sure it's enjoyable for everybody. Who's the mechanic? Uh, Dingo Dave. Yep. He's pretty handy. Yep. He's also a very good snorer. He could snore for Australia. Right, fair so enough. So I promise you we'll be sitting You won't be him. sleeping much at night. He'll, no, he'll, he'll be sleeping a long way away from us. Yeah, no, fair enough. So there you he go. Ke- he actually keeps the dingoes out of camp when we're out in the desert. Okay. So rico.com, that is the website. .com.au. Uh, rico.com.au. Go to that, book your spot. You've got until the 16th, possibly the 17th. All right, mate. We'll uh, we'll get into it and get, get out of here and do it again next week, All eh? All right, play the music. There's the music. Come on, let's do that. Don't forget, send us an email, uh, bluecollarmedia.com.au. Click on contact. And like we say, if you are around this weekend, come and see us down at ARB Windsor. We'll be there on Saturday and uh, checking out all the festivities there. Apart from that, if you see us anywhere else, make sure you come up and say good day.